Good morning, beautiful. Um, I'm hope I hope you're having a good day. I just woke up, but I want to keep working on our present. <clears throat> and I have a plethora of of different quotes that I have for this episode. Uh, I don't know how long this one is because um, I have a couple. You sent me a bunch, and I think I'm gonna do. Um, I'm going to aim for like 20 minutes. I think I'll do the Terrence McKenna quotes first. And then hopefully I'll get into reading Osho later. I have a little bit different of a setup and my voice is also a little bit fucked up, but that's okay. So, Terrence McKenna. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open you up to the possibility that everything you know is wrong. The artist's task is to save the soul of mankind, and anything less is a dithering while Rome burns. Because of the artists who are self-selected for being able to journey into the other, if artists cannot find the way, then the way cannot be found. Oh, this is a long quote. I guess if I have certain thoughts, I'll I'll express them. I mean, uh, psychedelics are. I've been on. We've been on psychedelics. Uh, so I think that uh, I don't think I don't think they should be open to everyone. Like I don't think children should ever try them, but. Uh, yeah, I guess it is dangerous for, you know, a government to have that kind of free thinking. I definitely don't think it's for, for free to, for everyone to just have or to intake. Cause I do think that they, they're dangerous in inside of a mind that isn't ready or isn't, um, developed enough for receiving them. A quantum leap from monkey monkeydom to starshiphood we have to create culture don't watch tv don't read magazines don't even listen to npr don't even listen to this podcast create your own roadshow the nexus of space and time where you are now is the most immediate sector of your universe and if you're worrying about michael jackson or bill clinton or somebody else then you're disempowered <coughs> pardon me you're giving it all away to icons, icons which are maintained by an electronic media so that you want to dress like X or have lips like Y. This is shit-brained, this kind of thinking. That is all cultural diversion, and what is real is you and your friends and your associations. Your highs, your orgasms, your hopes, your plans, your fears. And you were told, no, we're unimportant, unimportant. we're peripheral. Get a degree, get a job, get a this, get a that. And you're a player. And you don't want even and you don't want to even play then in that game. You want to reclaim your mind and get it out of the hands of cultural engineers who want to turn you in a half baked moron. Consuming all this trash that is being malfunctioned out the bones of a dying world. Nature loves courage. You make the commitment and nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles. Dream the impossible dream, and the world will not grind you under. It will lift you up. This is the trick. 
This is what all the teachers and philosophers who really counted, who really touched the alchem alchemical gold. That is what they understood. This is the shaman shamanic dance in the waterfall this is how magic is done by hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering it's a feather bed the creative act is a letting down of the net of human imagination into the ocean of chaos and which are suspended and the attempt to bring out of bring out of it ideas it's a night sea journey the lone fisherman on a tropical sea with his nets and you let these nets down Sometimes something tears through them that leaves them in shreds and you just row for shore and you put your head under your bed and pray. At other times, what slips through are a minotaur, minute, the minnows of this theological metaphor of idea chasing. But sometimes you can actually bring home something that is food, food for the human community that we can sustain ourselves on and go forward <clears throat> yeah I, I think uh it's definitely a commentary on society and how it's structured around uh not thinking for yourself and wanting you to to really rid yourself of your own individuality i do think i do think that it's a very um i think there's a lot of variables that are involved in that I don't think um I don't think that it's necessarily people are just evil in that way. I think that there's there's something more. Like it's a mixture of people being greedy, but at the same time some people they they crave structure and they they are in a way misguided by uh people who are greedy. I don't think I don't think uh, the world is just like people versus people, black and white. You know, there's like, there's an evil government that wants us to be slaves and all that. I think to a degree that that, that is true. But I don't think that uh, there's definitely a, a system in place that makes it easy for us to fall into that. But at the same time, um, we also have our free will and we are able to to choose not to to fall into that. I don't know, I think it's interesting. There's also a lot of words in here that I don't know how to pronounce. Like I feel it it's theological, it's theological. Terence just made that shit up. I don't know what that means. Um as above so below, meaning always that in every small part of reality there's a tiny reflection of the great overstructure of, of reality, and in the larger structure are hidden the secrets of the smallest and vice versa. Claim your place in the sun and go forward into the light. The tools are there. The path is known. You simply have to turn your back on a culture that has gone sterile and dead and get with the program and the program of living world and re-empowerment of the imagination. Yeah, I think... It's definitely true that there is a a lot of there's a reoccurring theme where you know the government and the systems that are in place are do not encourage free thinking and imagination. Uh, although I don't think that they encourage it, I still think that there are people that that still see past that and decide not to 
not to follow that. And the people that that don't gravitate towards that, obviously, they try to, you know, get out of it. I've been watching a lot of bushcraft videos, which is just dudes, like, living in the woods, making, like, their own spoons and shit. And I thought, when I was watching it, I thought to myself, like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I've never had that feeling with, like, um, <laughs> with, like, a, I guess, like, a celebrity or something, where I looked up to them and I was, like... Because if I see like a, a exceptional person that's a celebrity, I don't put I don't put that guy above this exceptional person that isn't a celebrity, like a guy that can make a house, like with his bare hands, is pretty damn cool. And I probably look at them in a way where they're just as cool as like I don't know, like Robert Downey Jr. or something. Like I, I respect them the same way. Like they they both can do things that are immensely difficult that I couldn't do. So I, I really, I really appreciate, and like these videos, no one talks, no one ever talks in the video. They're just doing shit and I'm just in awe the whole time. And that's what I usually get distracted doing. I'm like, I watched, I watched a guy build a house in the dirt and then I may watch the house make, make, watch the guy make a house out of dirt. And I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. Yeah. I lost, where was I? Um, this is what I stand for. I stand for the plants. The plants have souls that carry the morphogenetic field of thousands of years. When you talk psilocybin, it takes you. You're participating, participating in all the trips that it ever induced in anyone. And this is a tremendously stable field of experiences. When you take a drug fresh out of the laboratory, it has no soul. It has no story. It has no direction. It's a product of the demon art artifice of man and i prefer to my hand in the large hand of the goddess and make my way into the dimension under the aegis of the sanctioned sanctioned vegetables that for a millennia have always been there to fling open the doorways to vistas of pleasure and delight that would make you turn up your nose at the best beverly hills has to offer believe me believe me the inner riches are incomparable and this is how we recover our dignity by not being whores to mammon and pursuing all the trash that they're peddling to us and insist instead on the maximizing of human values, human emotion, and human community. Yeah, that brings up a lot of... It, I, I like his message of uh, being very unified with everyone. And I think um, Shrooms definitely brings that out of people. I mean, in certain certain situations, yeah, if it would bring that kind of feeling out other other drugs do too i feel like a lot of people even even people on alcohol some people are like i love you man <laughs> when they when they get a little tipsy i don't know it's a it's a tricky thing substances to a degree i i do think that the way it's worded it kind of um glamorizes psilocybin in a way which is like, I mean, his experience is going to be different from many other people's, but I guess if he, if he's been such a, a prolific user of it, he would have like a better, a better kind of idea of it. So I don't know. I, from my personal experience, it hasn't, 
it hasn't really had a profound impact on me the way that it, it I feel like it's had on him. So I wish, I hope one day I'd be able to relate to all the things that he's saying. Because I can, my bad, that's my pop socket. In a way, I think that, I, I do think he has a very valuable perspective. And it's very, um, it's very eye-opening to people who, who are used to thinking a certain way. Um, yeah, I think Terrence McKenna is very, <clears throat> he is a very, like a, like uniting kind of way of speaking about things. And like anything that, that involves like you being closer to, to people in general and kind of just uniting people in like a healthy, positive way. I, I, I'd support it. I think it's important to have those kind of figures in your life. Carl Jung. I think we have a, I'll just combine Terrence McKenna and Carl Jung into one. Hopefully you don't hear Jamiel running across the floor. Carl Jung, as scientific understandings has grown, so our world has become dehumanized. Man feels himself isolated in the cosmos because he is no longer involved in nature and he has lost his emotional unconscious identity with natural phenomenon. Thunder is no longer the voice of an angry god, nor is lightning his avenging missile. No river contains a spirit, no tree is the life principle of a man. No snake, the embodiment embodiment of wisdom. No mountain cave, the home of great demon, the home of a great demon. No voices now speak to man from stones, plants, and animals. Or does he speak to them, believing they can hear? His contact with nature has gone, and with it has gone the profound emotional energy. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is still waking up. Energy that is symbolic, connected, connection supplied. The enormous loss is compensated for the symbols of our dreams. The dream is the small hidden door in the deepest and most intimate sanctum of the soul, which opens to the primeval cosmic night that was soul long. Before there was conscious ego and will be soul far beyond what a conscious ego could ever reach. The unconscious has no time. There is no trouble about time in the unconscious. Part of our psyche is not in time and not in space. They are all they are only an illusion, time and space, and so in certain parts of our psyche, time does not exist at all. It is not for nothing that our age cries out for the redeemer personality, for the one who can emancipate himself from the grip of the collective psychosis and save at least his own soul, save at least his own soul, who lights a beacon of hope for others, proclaiming that. Here is at least one man who has succeeded in extricating himself from the fatal identity with the group's psyche. Neither propaganda or exhibitionist confessions are needed. If the archetype, which is universal, i.e. Um, identical with itself always and anywhere, is properly dealt within one place only, it is influenced as a whole simultaneously and everywhere. Thus an old chemist gave the following consolation to one of his disciples. No matter how isolated you are and how lonely you feel, 
if you do your work truly and conscientiously, I don't know if I pronounced that right, conscientiously, unknown friends will come and seek you. It seems to me that noting essential has never been lost because the matrix is ever present within us from this is, from this it can and will be reproduced if needed, but only those can recover it who have learned the art of averting their eyes from the blinding of light, blinding light of current opinion and close their ears to the noise of ephemeral slogans. The meeting of two personalities is the contact of two chemical substances if there's any reaction, both are transformed. The decisive question for man is, is he related to something infinite or not? That is a telling question of his life. Only if we knew that the thing which truly matters is the infinite can, can we avoid fixing our interests upon futilities. futilities. And upon all kinds of goals which are not of real importance, thus we demand that the world grant us recognition for qualities which we regard as personal possessions. Our talent or our beauty, the more a man lays stress on false possessions, and the less sensitivity he has for what is essential, the less satisfying is his life. He feels limited because he has limited aims, and the result is envy and jealousy. If we understand and feel that here in this life we already have a link with the infinite, desires that attitudes change. And you have a bunch of uh, illustrations here. Oh shoot, I broke it. Where'd I, where was I? And there's a bunch of um, pillars. A landscape, a desert landscape with five pillars. And they're all, their energies are all connecting. And in these pillars, it looks like there's a bunch of different spirits. The world of the inner is as infinite as the world of the outer. Just as you become part of the manifold essence of the world through your bodies, so you become a part of the manifold essence of the inner world through your soul. The inner world is truly infinite, in no way poorer than the outer one. Man lives in two worlds. If I accept the lowest in me, I lower a seed into the ground of hell. The seed is invisibly small, but the tree of life grows from it and conjoins the below with the above. At both ends there is a fire and blazing embers. The above is fiery and the below is fiery. Between the unbearable fires grow your life. You hang between those poles, in an immeasurable frightening movement, the stretched hanging, welters up and down. We thus fear our lowest, since that which one does not possess is forever, united with chaos and takes apart, takes part in mysterious ebb and flow. Insofar as I accept the lowest in me, precisely that red glowing sun of depths, the upper shining sun also rises. Therefore, he also strives for the highest and finds the deepest. With a lot of these, there's a lot of um, similes or metaphors. Um, there's a lot of figures of speech in this, which I, I was never really good at, you know, picking those out and like kind of trying to figure out what the, the author means by by each one. But it's very like it's very visual and it's very. I'm I'm guessing they're like visualizations for like abstract thoughts or things that he he believes, and it's very it's very like imaginative and it's very creative speak, 
And I think that's a lot of, um, a lot of people have minds that, that operate in that way. My mind is kind of, I would say it, it, it isn't totally in favor of that way of thinking or inter, I, I don't interpret, uh, that way of thinking, um, as easily. It's not that I'm not capable of it. It's just, I, I have a very straightforward, direct, um, logical brain. And it's very, it's very, I want to say non-imaginative, but it's very straightforward. And if something isn't spelled out to me, it's often, it often escapes me. But I do, I do enjoy, um, exercising my mind and, and seeing how imaginative people can be with their, their figures of speech. Like, at both ends there is a fire and blazing embers. The above is fiery and the below is fiery. I'm interpreting that as like, you know, no matter where you go, you're going to face, um, you're going to face the fire, basically. You're going to be confronting some sort of, some sort of challenge. Um, where was I at? But what is passion and what are emotions? There's a source of fire. There's the fullness of energy. A man who is not on fire is nothing. He is ridiculous. He is two-dimensional. He must be on fire, even if he does make a fool out of himself. A flame must burn sometimes, otherwise no light shines. There's no warmth in nothing. This one is a lot easier for me to interpret. I think this one... I think it might be a euphemism for like a person with purpose. Um, like I've talked to you before about, um, disenchantment and living a disenchanted life of, uh, deciding not to have a meaning. Um, and I think, uh, the person, the fire in this, the source of fire in this is there, is this the purpose that you decide to give yourself? And that's what motivates you. Like people, like I can wake up in the morning and decide I have no purpose and just, carry on not doing anything and just uh look at life in a lens where i can just dismiss things because to me they don't mean anything like if i decide i don't have a purpose i can wake up i don't have to go work out i don't have to go <clears throat> i don't have to go talk to my family i don't have to go to work i don't have to do anything because life doesn't mean anything i can just indulge i can just go do drugs whenever cuz life doesn't mean anything. You know, you lose that fire. And for a while I had a, my fire. I remember how, how I would be when, um, before my first fight, like that was, that was my fire. It was to, to really strengthen, strengthen myself and put myself, um, prepare myself as much as possible for this difficult situation that I put myself in. And, you know, I, that, that fire, it can, sometimes it can be addictive or in a way that's, maybe that's just how it's supposed to be when you give yourself a purpose is that you need to, to really obsess over it. Not in a unhealthy way, but in a very, um, driven way where you can just work towards something. And I think this is a, this is a good euphemism that I, I really like, I resonate with it. A man who is not on fire is nothing. He is ridiculous. He is two-dimensional. Yeah, I, I agree with that. 
This is the last quote. If I accept the lowest in me, lower a seed into the ground of hell, the seed is invisibly small, but the tree of life grows from it and conjoins the below with the above. It both ends there. It bo at both ends there is fire and blazing embers. The above is fiery and the below is fiery. Between the unbearable fires grow your life. You hang between these two poles in an immeasurably frightening movement at the stretched hanging, welters up and down. We thus fear our lowest, since that which one does not possess is forever united with the chaos and takes part in its mysterious ebb and flow. Insofar as I accept the lowest in me, precisely that red glowing sun of the depths, the upper shining sun also rises. Therefore, he strives for the highest finds, the deepest. I think uh, he's speaking on how, uh, kind of like what I said earlier, that in life, regardless, you're going to face um, your own heaven and hell. And that's uh, life is always going to sit in the middle, in, in between uh, those two things. And um, I guess what he's saying uh, to me is that the the person that decides to dive the deepest into either will find um, the deepest kind of the the most meaningful life. Um, someone who can venture into into both and understand both and accept both for for what they are. Because a person who decides to be ignorant. Um, we'll never get to experience those things and that you know less that just means less life life to live but yeah that was um terence mckenna and carl young i don't know if i have a do i have another one i do have another one um i think i'll just go ahead and keep going because i have another one that you sent me by manly p hall I've never heard of this one before, this guy before. <clears throat> the other ones you, you've definitely sent me quotes from before and I've read them. Manly P. Hall. If the inner eye is opened, all darkness disappears. The solar system unfolds in a vast flower-like pattern, the colors of which are beyond description. Within the structure are the auric bodies of the planets moving in stately procession about the sovereign sun sometimes it's hard to read these but they're very beautiful though above and beyond the solar system are the blazing archetypal patterns of the constellations which in turn mingle their lights within the countless flames of the galaxy below on earth every flower and plant has its own auric field minerals shine with an interior light and the earth beneath our feet is massive is a mass of tiny stars in the midst of this diffusion of colors stands a human being in an auric robe of glory. Every moment of, it, every moment of existence, even what we like to call death, is bringing forth beings and creatures whose bodies will fade away, but whose invisible constitutions will shine forever. I think this is a... I can already tell this is getting towards, like, um, you know, everything, everything is life, everything is energy. <clears throat> everything is energy. Um, humans are very... Um, I don't, I don't want to say special, but they are unique in how, you know, we can be aware of, of these things and even describe them in like the ways that he's describing it now, 
we can be aware of this of this uh energy that's out there and it's pretty cool everyone has their secret garden in this garden grows the tree of the soul bearing flowers of exquisite beauty the garden of the inner life is an oasis of a f of fulfillment in a desert of waiting the inner world is the philosophic empire the abode of thoughts dreams and aspirations here there is no illusion of the time past present and future dwell together in peace plato and aristotle pythagoras and euclid and euclid buddha and confucius still walk their disciples in the garden of their mind loving thoughts can conjure up their forms in the modern disciple they sit quietly at the feet of their of ancient masters. Yeah, it speaks on the, you know, the different different philosophies and and thinkers, or, or thoughts rather, and each each way of thinking has their own kind of following. If they didn't, then you know we probably wouldn't know about them today. Hopefully, you don't hear the screaming, but. I think yeah he's speaking on how many how each person has their own different way of thinking each person has their own kind of perspective and their own kind of meaning to life their their own interpretation of it rather and i think that's what he means by everyone has their secret garden everyone in a way we've never had an original thought but at the same time each each tree of thinking we have is is quite unique. I got a more quiet um, chair, but it's not as it's not as comfortable. Okay, hopefully, I don't. I'm gonna sit back a little bit. You know, I've done a podcast for like three months now, and I don't I don't get better at it. Okay. The sham of civilization is apparent when we realize that it forces the majority of people to assume false lives, to live in conflict with their inner convictions. The idealist must be kept silent or be reviled. The thinker must hold his peace or be persecuted. The mystic dares not share his vision with the world which, though aware that he is right, will crucify him if not in a body that least soul. Hence those with little knowledge babble continuously and their words become the laws of men, while those of nobler vision must remain unknown, unhonored, and unsung. Never can we rise to the true heights seen by the eyes of the idealist, which we are in servitude to the inferior part of ourselves. The most beautiful belief in the world is of no actual value unless it impels the believer to remake his own life, correct his faults, strengthen his character, and deepen his knowledge. A religion that is based only in faith and does not emphasize the living of that faith in daily activity bestows a, lot, a little of lasting good upon his followers. Yeah, I think he's speaking on how... Um, I don't, I don't want to say he's dissing other religions or whatnot. Or a religion or a, a thought of a, a certain school of thinking. But uh, there is something to be said about... Um, schools of thinking that don't promote action or don't promote like a better a better lifestyle or like just if you learn something and you can't apply it then i don't 
really know what the the point of I guess there's very little point in in learning about it. Shadow work is the path of the heart warrior. Now this is this is my shit right here. Shadow work. I'm all about that. Man, my my setup is so janky. I look like ass too because I just woke up. Well, that's okay. Learn to discriminate. What? Learn to discriminate between light and darkness in the world you live in and watch your heart night and day that there may be an issue from it. Nothing that can be used as a weapon for the destruction of light. Do not worry over your past mind misdeed for worry itself breeds demons, but eliminate them from your aura, planting instead of good seeds with constructive labors. Feel your own personal responsibility in this problem for the realization of responsibility to the higher powers of cosmos. For when your light shines out, the spirits of evil must sink, slink into the corners and covers their face with the shadows of their cloaks. Jesus, I need to find a place for this mic. Destiny will reward the world with peace only when the individual in his private life overcomes all hatred, grievance, impatience, and selfishness and does that which is best for himself, his family, his friends, and his world. In truth, the kingdom of heaven is within man for more completely than he realizes. And as heavens as in its own nature, so earth and hell are also in his constitution. For the superior worlds circumscribe and include the inferior, and the earth and hell are included within the nature of heaven. As Pythagoras would say, the superior and inferior worlds are included within the area of the supreme sphere, so that the all kingdoms of earthly nature, the minerals, the plains, the animals, and his own human spirit are included with his physical body, and he himself is the appointed guardian spirit of the mineral kingdom, and he is responsible to the creative hierarchs for the destiny of the scones and metals. Those who dedicate themselves to the process of discipline and self-improvement set down by the old masters are preparing themselves to enter the house of wisdom by the proper gate. On the other hand, such fools, foolish mortals as believe they can breathe, chant, intone, psych psycho psychologize, or affirm themselves into a state of all-knowing are trying to pick locks for which they have not filed the key. Wow, I think that's that's really cool how he's able to word that. I think what he's saying is that um, people think they can they can get the benefits without putting the work in by, um, I guess, uh, trying to find uh, the easy way. Like how, I don't want to like throw shade at religion, but um, if you pray for forgiveness enough or if you keep uh if you do certain practices over and over again it'll all of a sudden absolve you from all of your your past traumas and your your problems i mean in a way it can if you if you use your if you manipulate your psychology to in a certain way where you're like if i do this it's okay if i do this then i will this doesn't exist and i guess in some certain situations you can manipulate psychology to make it work like that but i guess what he's saying is that the people who really go dive in deep 
and do their do their uh their trauma work and really work through it and find each um past belief and and thought that's weighing you down and and you learn how to release it and let it go that that those are the people that are putting in the work and it takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of mental like mental effort to do those things and that's how you become or what he describes as a state of all-knowing and i think that's where that's how you get to that point it's not by you know saying just saying something and not putting in the work basically or just doing things that aren't actually productive if he does not attain inner peace in his in this life he has no right to expect happiness in the afterlife wow that's a good one i like that one if the subconscious mind is burdened with false beliefs and the emotional nature with false pressures the individual after he departs from here must abide in the confusion of his own mistakes Wow, that is a good quote. I really like that one. If he does not inner, attain inner peace in this life, he has no right to expect happiness in the afterlife. Damn, that's a good point. If you if you can't if you can't do it in the physical world, if you can't find peace in the physical world, which is a lower I guess a lower dimension, how are you going to find that in a in a dimension you you don't resonate with i'm getting really abstract but i don't know i think it's cool i'm looking at my tattoo right now it's not peeling anymore last quote the dreamers and thinkers of the world are of a race apart and for the most part a lonely and misunderstood people whose interests and visions separate them from petty concerns with which the masses busy themselves Hmm. I guess it, it talks about how lonely it is to be uh, a person who thinks outside the box sometimes. Because if you're outside the box, you know you're looking at all the people that are in it, and they're looking at you, and it it could be alienating to be that person outside the box. But yeah, I, I like that last quote. Manly P. Hall. Never, I've never heard of him until now. Thank you for sharing that with me, baby. Mm, but yeah, that's the end of this episode. Uh, I'm probably going to do this shit out of order because I started reading the thing out of order. I don't know. But yeah, I think I'm going to move on to the next episode. Uh, this one is a longer one. Um, I think I have more quotes that I want to read of yours. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's plenty of, of good stuff here. Okay. I will talk to you in the next episode. Goodbye, baby. I love you.